Maryland needs to be careful against Charlotte. You are a Locked On Turk, your daily podcast on the Maryland Turk. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? I'm Trey Moore, host of Locked On Terps, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making us part of your day. And today's episode is brought to you by the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app and create an account and use Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Maryland has a big game coming up in week two on NBC on 730 against Charlotte in a game that we absolutely cannot drop in a game that I think we play a team that's a little bit underrated. I'm going to get into that. I think they have some parts of their team that are really good and that are really talented, but we'll get into it all. And I think if Maryland isn't careful, they could find themselves in a dog fight against Charlotte. Yes, I know we're favored. Yes, I know we're the better team. Yes, I know we're probably more talented in just about every positional group, but I'm going through this Charlotte team, doing my research, looking through stuff or whatever, and I'm coming across things, and I'm like, oh, no. We better be careful against the Charlotte 49ers. Charlotte is better than people think. They have a lot of ties to Maryland that could help make the game a lot closer, I think, starting with their head coach, Biff Pogi, very familiar with the DMV area, did a lot of coaching in the DMV area, in the Baltimore area, especially coach high school ball at Gilman, was able to transform that program into a really good place. Gilman was a really good program for a while, and if you know Gilman now, they're not in a very good team now, and so it shows that coach Biff Pogi obviously had a big influence on that program because Gilman isn't very good right now. They don't compete very highly at in the league they play in. They don't win a ton of games. So he was able to take that program and make it into a really good program. And then he also coached at St. Francis, um, a national powerhouse, and made them into what we know St. Francis as today, one of the top programs in the country. Um, one of the, the best program probably in Maryland considered turning out a ton of Division One recruits. He was able to take those two programs in the DMV area and transform them. And he's very familiar with Coach Loxley. He actually coached Coach Loxley's son three years at Gilman. So what does that tell me? He knows a lot of what Coach Loxley likes to do. He knows different things about Coach Loxley. I'm not going to say that's going to be the difference in the game. We're going to have a huge impact, but I think it can do something against the Maryland Terrapins team. But I think it definitely can have an influence. This is what Coach Loxley said about Coach Pogi. I know he'll have his team ready to come play up here. It's kind of a homecoming for him and some of the players on his roster. When you look across and see the amount of guys that are there with him that we had in high school, and those guys were really good players. So we expect him to come up and give us his best, and then he can expect to get ours. Why is this quote important? I think for a couple different things. It really does lead perfectly into my next point, that 28 players on his team right now, 28 players, 
play for Coach Pogi at St. Francis, the national powerhouse high school in Baltimore, Maryland. So when he was a coach there, he has 28 of those players now in the program. Why is that important? It, once you coach someone for a while, and once you get enough experience with them, you know exactly what they do well. You know exactly what they don't do well. And in football, that's extremely important. It's important in many different sports, but I think especially in football. Football coaching is so important and putting your players in the right position with play calls and what you ask them to do. Like if you do, if a corner can't man press a guy and is better playing off coverage, then you don't want to put him in a system that is going to play a lot of press man. So he's going to understand exactly what the weaknesses are of his players and he won't do the, and he won't put those players in those positions against Maryland and whoever else they play and then he's going to understand what they do well. He's been coaching them forever and he's going to make sure he focuses on those things and he's going to put those guys in position to do those different things. But the St. Francis players, the 28 St. Francis players aren't the only former Maryland area players on the roster. There are six former Terps on this roster. And I think this has a big potential storyline into the game. Why do people transfer? They're homesick. They're not getting enough playing time. They don't like the coach. Different reasons. I say the number one reason why a player would transfer from Maryland to a Charlotte is probably playing time. Most of those guys are probably not, weren't getting a ton of playing time at Maryland. So what does that mean exactly? Those guys that play for them, for Charlotte, and two guys in particular that have a big role for Charlotte right now is Austin Fontaine and Isaiah Hazel. Both showed up in the stat book in their win against South Carolina State. But all six of the former Terps on the roster are going to be motivated. You think they don't want another shot at beating Maryland and beating a team that Maybe they couldn't find the field on. I mean, I'm sure they have a lot of friendships, a lot of love for the Maryland program. But at the end of the day, you're motivated. And concepts can do one thing. Concepts and coaches putting you in the right positions to win and whatever. But when you're less talented than a team, you need heart and motivation to beat them. That's the number one drive, I think, to upsets. Obviously, some teams have awesome game plans. They have different things they do really well. I think part of the reason this is basketball, but I think part of the reason the Miami Heat beat the Celtics was partially because of how well their coach coached. But I think a lot of the times at upset, it's hard when people don't believe in you, when you feel like you have to transfer to another school because you're not getting enough playing time or whatnot. You don't like the coach. You don't have a good feel about the school. When you get another shot at playing those guys, you're going to be ready to go. And to piggyback on that, some of the former St. Francis guys, you think they I'm – I'm sure not all of them had offers from Maryland coming out of high school, even though that's the high hometown team. I'm sure those guys are also motivated to play Maryland. So overall, I think the motivation can go a long way. And then also another tie is that – Former Maryland assistant Mike Miller is on their coaching staff who has a lot of familiarity with the Maryland roster, can give different 
suggestions about what we do well, about different players, what different players don't do well, about different concepts, about what Michael Oxley likes to do, about what how Michael Oxley likes to develop from week one to week two in terms of game plan. And then talking about game plan, I want to talk about what Coach Loxley said about South Carolina State that I think was very important that could allow South Carolina State to stay in the game. He said they didn't give up much against Charlotte. Excuse me, I said South Carolina State. Charlotte didn't give up much against South Carolina State. They were very vanilla, it sounded like, how Coach Loxley was describing it. And why is that important? They're going to bring out the bag against Maryland. It's one of their biggest games of the season, playing a Big Ten opponent, playing Maryland with all the ties that they have and the motivation that their different players are going to have. They're going to bring out different concepts that we haven't seen yet. Obviously, football is football. There's only so many different things you can do. But you see it every year in football Teams bring out maybe a couple trick plays that they weren't expecting or just different things that we haven't seen and that we might not be able to game plan as much for. They're going to bring those things up against us, and I think those can lead a lot ways. All those things can really make the game closer than it needs to be. The combination of the head coach having familiarity with Maryland and having a roster filled of players he's coached and been with at Charlotte and having – motivated players at Charlotte can make the game, I think, closer if we don't execute the right way. But if we stop Charlotte in this one particular area, I don't think they can beat us. I'll tell you about that after this ad from LinkedIn. These days, new potential hires can feel like high-stakes wagers for your small business. You want to be 100% certain you have access to the best jobs and qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. A lot of people need jobs right now, and if you want to find someone amazing for your company, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. If we stop Charlotte in this one area, they can't stick with us. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to keep it a secret. It's running the ball. I'm sure a lot of you guys that listen to this aren't very familiar with what Charlotte did against South Carolina State. They ran the ball, and I was looking at the stats this morning before this podcast, and oh my gosh, okay, you might look at a team and be like, oh, they ran the ball. They ran the ball a good amount of times. This team ran the ball 47 times for 220 yards. So what does that mean? Their whole identity of their football team, of their offense, they love to run the ball. And Coach Loxley said that in the press conference. He said their coach loves to run the ball. They averaged about 4.7 yards, so they weren't doing anything crazy. We averaged 4.8 yards last game, and I'm begging us to run the ball more. So they're averaging 4.7 yards. It's not like they're averaging 6 yards per carry, and it's like we got to just keep going to it. They're averaging an average 4.7 yards. So what does that mean? No matter if they're getting stops. No matter if they have open players and passing concepts that could work, they're likely going to run the ball a lot. 
end to compare to how many times they ran the ball to how many they threw the ball. Ran the ball, of course, 47 times like what I said, but they threw the ball only 19 times. So I talked about our secondary being one of the best in the Big Ten with Jaquan Shepard only allowing one catch for five yards on five attempts of the quarterback trying to throw at him. And then talking about Tarheeb still being a top five cornerback in the Big Ten and having Bo Braid, Dante Trader, all that talent. I said Maryland has one of the best secondaries in the Big Ten. So what does this mean? They kind of match up well against us. If you think about it, if they don't want to throw the ball and they want to run the ball, it matches up well against us. Styles make fights. It's another reason why I think that they can keep the game kind of close. But if we allow them to start running the ball and controlling the clock, the game can absolutely be close and not allowing our offense to get on the field. And another point about them running the ball, they their leading rusher was Darrell Robinson, who had 71 yards, averaged 6.5 yards, looked really good. Of course, you might look at the 71 yards and be like, oh, and that's not that much. But when you're averaging 6.5 yards per carry, you're doing something right. But the most impressive part to me was they had four guys, including their quarterback, to rush above 40 yards. It's so clear their identity of the team. It's so clear what Coach Locks is going to be talking about. It's so clear how and what we have to stop on the offensive side of the ball. And just overall, I say the number one part of their team, it's stopping the run. And why, I want to talk about more why it kind of matches up well against us. Our defensive line is young. It's almost all new starters. Even our linebacking core is kind of young. I think our linebacking core is amazing. But the linebacking core is kind of young with Jason Barham and other guys in that room, Michael Harris, freshmen. There's just a bunch of different young bodies. And Wheatland also, only a true sophomore. Barham, a sophomore. There's young guys. Obviously, there's veterans and Gote and Ruben Hippolyte. But the defensive line in particular, Jordan Phillips, first-year starter. A King Basote, first-year full starter. He's been in the rotation. Kellen Wyatt on the edge or at Jack, whatever you want to call it. First year really fully starting. He obviously played a lot as a freshman. Donnell Brown, transfer on defensive end position. And then you look at Kushan Fuller, defensive end. Hasn't played a lot. First year starter. So if we look at it, they want to run the ball, right? And we have a bunch of new starters on our defensive line. So this game is going to show us kind of where we're at in running the ball and not only do the running backs love to run, I talked about it. Their quarterback had above 40 yards rushing. Their quarterback, Jalen Jones, is a dual threat. He loves to run the ball. It's the quarterback. It's the running backs. I wouldn't be surprised if their wide receivers are getting it in jet sweeps or whatever. You know what I mean? Like this team is going to run the ball down our throat. And if we can stop it, I think we win the game easily. If we don't, I think they stick around for four quarters maybe and maybe they're able to control the clock and maybe the game is closer than it should be but I think there's a lot of benefits to playing the Charlotte team and I actually love that we play them obviously I expect us to win but why do I think that they're great for us to play and I think it's because of that style of running the ball let's look at the Big Ten let's look at the running backs that we play Singleton and Catron Allen at Penn State. 
both combined for 120 yards against West Virginia and both averaged above five yards per carry. But that's not it. We play Braylon Allen, Wisconsin back, bruiser, can do it all. People say he reminds them of Derrick Henry. Had 17 carries for 141 yards and averaged 8.3 yards per carry in his first game for the Wisconsin Badgers. Blake Corum at Michigan, of course, they have Edwards too. He averaged over 7 yards per carry in his first game. All the backs that we have to play and all the different teams in the Big Ten, what is the Big Ten known for? Running the football. So I think Charlotte, in a way, I think they match up well against us, but I think it's perfect for us because we are going to be able to learn. We're going to be able to see where we're at. We're going to see how well our run defense is without probably losing the game. I'm not going to say we're 100% not going to lose, but like anything can happen. Crazier things can happen. Obviously, we're a huge favorite, over 20 points, whatever. But it's going to allow us to see where we're at with probably winning the game, which is a really good cause. But again, to sum it up, I think their running game, if we stop it and we force them to pass it against our corners, I think we win easily. I think they can't keep up because they just don't pass the ball particularly well, I don't think. They don't want to pass the ball. It's their identity. So if we take it away, I think we have a win. Let's talk some recruiting news. And there are some big recruiting news. I'll tell you after this from the Game Time app and a message from our own Locked On Podcast Network. College football season is here. And this season, Locked On is kicking up your coverage with Locked On College Football Kickoff 5 each Friday. Locked On will go live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On College Football YouTube channel. College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, conference rivalry games, and go in depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College Football hosts covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. Have you ever wanted to go to a game at the last minute, like a Maryland Terrapins game, but finding tickets is hard? I've been there before. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Download the Game Time app and create an account and use Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem Locked On College for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Let's talk some recruiting. We don't get to talk about it much during football season, but I want to talk about some football recruiting first, and I want to get into some basketball recruiting just a little bit because there is some really important news, so I wanted to squeeze that into this podcast. I think it was perfect to do it on the Wednesday, right where it's kind of in the middle of the week where we're done talking about Towson and we're headed towards Charlotte. 
but I want to make sure to give you guys the update of what's happening in the recruiting world because there are some big things happening and going on. First of all, I want to make sure to give a shout out to Devon Watkins, who just committed to Maryland. Offensive line commit, 6'5", 315, huge body, was checking out his film, looks like a good player. He doesn't have any stars for now, but I would I would be surprised if he didn't get a, a three-star rating eventually. He's out of the St. Mary's in Maryland. So a DMV product, another guy that Coach Loxley is able to pull in the DMV, is a good developmental player to add to the program. He's still a little raw, of course, but he's going to develop, and there's clearly been an emphasis on recruiting offensive linemen. I think that's eight in the 2024 class. And he also, I want to go through his other offers, had other offers including Akron, Kent State, and Temple. Now let's move to Ernest Willer, the top player on our board still in the 24 class. Ernest visited Maryland against Towson, and apparently we are in the mix for sure. I wasn't sure if we were in the mix a couple weeks ago. But now we're in the mix. He visited against Towson. Like I said, Ernest, if you don't know, was once a five-star, has offers from everywhere in the country, Bama, Georgia, whatever you name it. He has. He's a defensive end. Some people think he'll kick inside. He can really do anything. He's huge. He's athletic. But now Maryland is the favorite on some websites, which kind of – Surprised me a little bit that we're now the favorite on some websites. So maybe we can pull through and maybe we can get Ernest Wheeler. But different websites, like I said, have us as a favorite. And that would be a huge addition to the 2024 class to add a four-star type of guy like him. Some quick basketball news. I want to quickly touch on it. Obviously, we don't get to talk about it much now. But Jaden Mustaf, four-star guard, just visited Maryland too. Jaden is originally from Maryland, has a lot of ties to Mike Jones, our assistant coach at Maryland. Jaden Mustaf's a really good player, and I'm waiting for that first domino to fall in the 2024 class. I'm not sure if it's going to be Mustaf. It looks like he's a favorite to Georgia Tech on all the websites, but Maryland is definitely in the mix and is in the top three, I would say. So I would love to see us be able to land Jaden Mustaf. And then lastly, Ghani Roos, four-star, but like a high four-star. Like they have him as like about the 25th best player in the 2024 class. Really good player. If we compare him and Derek Queen together in the 2024 class after landing all the forwards in the last class, we're cooking something. And Jaden Mustaf, that's the ideal 2024 class for the Maryland basketball team. Roos, Queen, and Mustaf, those three guys. Kevin Willard knows what he's doing if he's able to get all three. But two of those guys would also be amazing. But he released his top eight today. Maryland made the cut. And other schools were like Georgia, Michigan, Virginia Tech, Miami, and others. But Georgia seems to have the lead right now, followed by Maryland. So we're definitely in the mix. But thank you for listening to Locked on Terps. I can't wait to get into this game against Charlotte. We'll talk more about it on Friday. But please like and subscribe and see you next time on Locked on Terps.